This is The Analysis, a weekly examination of the culture in light of truth. I'm Deanna Huff. And I'm Mark DeMoss. Join us as we investigate and analyze the environment of the world where we live. We will be shedding the light of God's Word on the issues. And responding as Christians to influence followers of Jesus Christ to share the gospel with those around them. Well, recently, Pastor Mark, a new Bible is on the scene. It was developed by 20 theologians, a mix of Catholic and Protestant women theologians. Under the idea of the hashtag MeToo movement, and we just kind of want to discuss the idea behind it. And I'm going to read from a particular article that's called that's titled "There's a Feminist Bible for the Hashtag #MeToo Era," and this is why it was published. And one of the sections that we want to kind of discuss here today in the idea—it's never obviously—it's never bad to produce a Bible, right? Because we want the Bible in the hands of the people. However, when it has an angle that moves away from the original teachings of Jesus or tries to promote some sort of agenda outside of who God is, sending a Savior for a people in desperate need of Him and that one day He will rule as King of Kings, bringing judgment. When it moves away from these ideas and becomes a book that is centered on ourselves Mm -hmm. and our ideas, that's sort of a dangerous place to be. And one of the paragraphs about this particular book states this. It says, Institutionalized faith has oppressed minorities, including women, for way too long. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that religion has always been a tool for patriarchal and power. The Bible was reportedly compiled by the Lord's male apostles, whose gospels entrenched negative images of women, as was prevalent in the society at the time. It typecasts servants, prostitutes, or saints as women in the Bible, they're constantly debased, dehumanized, and patronized. Long tracts contain instructions on how men should treat women as punishment for the original sin episode. So this idea here behind promoting this Bible is not salvation for the world necessarily, Mm -hmm. but a freeing of women. And I think that is negative in light of the message of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, a couple of things in that quote that that stand out is one uh it talks about the fact that religion has been used. We know that there's a lot, been a lot of abuses by religion throughout the world, not just the Christian religion, but religion, the the man-made component of spiritual existence. And and that's why I'm defining religion right now because Christianity I believe is a religion but using religion in the term of the way man's going to go about their worship of whatever they think God is there's all kinds of abuses by every religion that's ever existed in the hands of men Uh, and so the fact that it's pointing to religion speaks nothing to Christianity as I read that quote I don't I don't think Christianity in its pure and clear context of of being the religion that follows the teachings and practices of Jesus as revealed in the divine text of Scripture, I don't think that religion is abusive. I think men have used religion, men and women, people, have used religion to forward their own 
agenda all along. I think this is an example of that. I think this is people using their idea of religion uh, to do something that they think is an important agenda, free women from abuse or subjugation. Um, it, it points to uh, it, it points to the reading of, of Scripture, but not not a, a pure and clear understanding and reading of Scripture. It, it talks about examples in in the Bible of how how the apostles uh, gathered these writings. Well, that's not even an understanding of how the Scripture came to be. Right? Uh, they've missed the point that God wrote the Bible. These men did not write the Bible. They were tools used under inspiration of the Holy Spirit uh, to record the words of God. So what did God say? So they, don't, they don't see the Bible as God's divine word. They see the Bible as something contrived by men. Uh, and I'm using men, not in the mankind, but men wrote these words down, and they wrote words down that would subjugate women and cast them in a negative light and paint them as nothing but slaves and prostitutes. But does God's word say that? The real scripture does it say that? What does it really say? So that's another thing that stands out to me in that quote. Those two things just jump off the page to me when I hear that about this attempt to forward a Bible like this. Yeah, I think too that when we look at Scripture, it's important for us to bring clarity to the actual message of Scripture. I mean, we don't need a, a Bible that addresses women to elevate or value them in fact, Christ himself valued right. women. And we can go back to the creation account and look from the very beginning yeah. the value of humanity yeah. and that man is a, a treasure to God. Right. And that's not meaning man in the sense of male only. That's male-female. Right. There's no Jew. There's no Greek. There's no Gentile. There's no slave. There's no At the cross, we all bear the yeah. value of God. Yeah, yeah. And and that scene from the very beginning of creation, right up to that Galatians account you just quoted from, neither male nor female, slave nor free man. But right at the creation account, you you have the the making of mankind which started with Adam and then God revealing to Adam, helping him see it's not good for you to be alone. Like you're not you're not the completion and the fullness of my creation of what humanity is all by yourself and he helps him see that by letting him observe all of all the animal creation and then makes eve and and then says of that creation it's very good this is the way it should be um and and there was no there was no intent or subjugation in that original relationship whatsoever there was there was distinction there was difference but there was equal value equal um equal goodness of, of them in creation. It was in the fall that you began to have a problem uh, after sin. And, and in the Genesis 3 account, uh, after, after God confronts Adam and Eve and over how they've rebelled and disobeyed, and he, he places a curse upon creation, and he curses the serpent, and he curses the relationship between woman and the serpent and their seeds, of course, pointing forward to the Messiah ultimately, that will that will come but he says to the woman i will greatly multiply your pain in childbirth in pain you will bring forth children yet your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you and and he shows right there just in in that little bit of text 
this relationship has been has been marred mm-hmm. and and desire there i don't think has to do with physical desire uh desire there because it's in the context of him ruling over you your desire is going to to be over him and his desire is going to be to be over you and that's not the way that's not the way the relationship was set up to be and it's not the way the relationship of husband and wife are described for us under the new the new covenant after mm-hmm. Jesus comes mm-hmm. to free us from our sin he describes the relationship back to the way it was originally intended not that you'll want to rule over each other but you'll want to serve one another that's the Ephesians 5 account as it begins to point towards the picture of marriage yeah and I love that because in Ephesians 5 it gives that description that the man is is going to treat the woman as Christ love the church it's this picture of yeah. christ in the church yeah. he laid down his life for for the church and then the woman they use it as this passage of subjugation or right. you know you need to submit as if you're falling down at their feet but uh, to submit to honor to to uh, look in the best interests mm-hmm. of your husband i mean how how can that be possibly a negative thing and in the sphere of family it runs and functions like a government right i mean everyone has roles and one role is no less important than the other role and we we have lost sight of the value of everyone's role unless it's at the head Mm mm-hmm and yeah. we think, well, if if I can be out in front and I can be in charge and no one's telling me what to do, wait a second. We always have a head. Christ is even the head of the church over the shepherds. And so what a huge responsibility. And when we look through Scripture, it, it is just untrue to say that only women are caught in this light because all sorts of people are are throughout the Bible falling short of the glory of God. Right. And one of the things that stands out is, for example, when you think about Moses, you, you, th- you think, wow, I want to temper my anger. I want, I want to be controlled by the Spirit. Or when you think about David, you're like, wow, I don't want to fall into adultery. I want, I want to temper the Spirit be tempered by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I want to be led by the Holy When we start looking at that, we can look back and go, well, what about all the apostles that were fighting over wanting to be the best and right. being at the right hand? I don't think it's a really good argument to just present women in a negative light, especially the light that, you know, someone's washing the king's feet. Mm-hmm. I mean, here he is, King of Kings. He has saved her life. Yeah. He has given her salvation. And, and what you're implying is that we shouldn't be thankful. We shouldn't be grateful. We shouldn't be... How would we treat the President of the United States coming to visit at our house? And how much more should we treat the King of Kings, creator of the world? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 The, the picture of the woman at Jesus' feet is not a picture of subjugation. There's nowhere in that text that uh, she's there because she's less than Jesus. In fact, the, the whole picture of that is uh, the people were appalled that he would allow her even that close to him. And, and he's, actually, he's actually elevating this, this human being mm-hmm. who is a female. Uh, and she shouldn't have been that close because she was a woman. And she shouldn't have been that close because of the sinfulness of her past. And he's saying... Her sins are forgiven, and she's a valuable being. And so she can worship me also. Not just you, who think you're better than her. He's actually elevating 
her through that scene. And, and we picture it opposite and different. It's used, I guess, by people like we're, we're talking about it in this particular Bible. It's used as an example of, see, there's another way women were treated poorly. Yeah, which is in light of the context is interesting because at the same time he says, and this story is what? Going to be told. Yeah. Forever. Right? Yeah. Forever. Yeah. And and you're thinking, wait a second. I mean, and what about the women at the tomb? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that's so important about that, I think regarding women in particular, is that what we're saying is that they were used in this negative light. Right. But that's a very important passage when we talk about the women at the tomb because when we talk about the resurrection itself this gives reliability to the accounts that were written in fact gary habermas who's well known for the resurrection right he's he's talking about the first eyewitnesses being women Mm -hmm. and he says all the gospels note that the first individuals to discover the tomb were women matthew notes it after the sabbath at the first day of the week was donning mary magdalene and the other mary went to view the tomb and then he goes on a little bit but then he says this women were not held in high esteem in greco-roman culture a woman a woman's testimony was not admissible in court in jewish circles it took the testimony of two women to equate that of one man if one were to invent the story, the last people one would place as a first witness would have been women, Mm -hmm. unless it were otherwise true. So this is something that we would use as reliability in the text for the account of the resurrection. And here we are sort of, and I, I don't want to say this for all women who are engaging in this, in this particular Bible, but at the same time, I want to say, this is, this is what we're stating, is that this is a negative light. No, 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 wait a second. Just because men in the culture are treating women poorly, that's the heart of mankind. Right. But, the, but the command of Jesus was what? Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. That doesn't say love the men as yourselves and then just devalue the women. He includes all people. And when we look back at the Old Testament regarding the law, the law, the summation of the law is that very statement that he's talking about in Matthew twenty two, thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight. Yeah. And just, just the pattern of scripture that uh, Proverbs highlights listen to the listen to your father's teaching, listen to your mother's teaching. You have Esther, you have Ruth, you have Hannah, you have Rebecca, you have Deborah, you you have even in the Old Testament where you can kind of argue this patriarchal view you have women in important significant roles functioning by god's divine revealed word so if we don't need a bible that highlights the the feminist ideas we just need to read our bible and understand that this is god's word this is the way he stated it and now i just want to be true to what he said and resist the urges of that fallenness of my nature that well men are trying to keep me down or I'm the man and I'm in charge we've got to fight those urges and just follow the pattern that scripture's already laid out for us and and read and understand our bible that that's we don't need a bible that highlights the role of women we just need to read and understand our bibles as it's revealed 
So, and, and we hope you'll do that as, as you're worshiping in your own church. Go read the Bible, hear the Bible, love God's Word, and, uh, and know that it's been written for all of us uh, as valuable creatures created in the image of God to, to know Christ and to make Him known. Thanks for listening.